Hello and welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. And we are your hosts, Damon. Hello, hey guys. And uh, with my co-host, Kyle, what's up, man? How's it going, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's having a pretty good weekend. Uh, what have you been up to these days? Oh, you know, man, not much. Uh, quarantine life. <laughs> that seems to be the answer for pretty much everyone I ask. Uh, yeah, I've <laughs> just pretty much been watching some TV. Avatar, The Last Airbender came out on Netflix. So yes. that is pretty what I've been doing. Cannot wait to start binging that. I, uh, truthfully, I don't know if I'm going to be outed here, but I have only seen the first season. Oh, okay. So you haven't even dove into Korra, seen book three. Okay, so you don't even know Toph. Right, yeah. Very much a virgin of this show. I'm super excited, though. I, I initially, so I saw the first season as it was airing on uh, Nickelodeon and then just kind of fell off for whatever reason. So I'm very excited. Uh, that's going to be my next binge for sure. Okay, so... You'll binge that, and then we'll get you to watch Cora, and then we'll do an episode because yes. that's. I love it, it's, especially because uh, our our favorite uh, Jason from Binge Mode is is currently binging it as we speak. I believe. I, oh, I believe awesome! On his Twitch, that he started it last night. So uh, <laughs> we'll get to that, but uh, let's see. Anything else uh, particular we wanted to go over before we uh, went on with the uh, crux of the episode? Oh, man, I'm just ready to dive in. This is going to be a fun one for sure. This is a fun one. So uh, it's going to be kind of similar to last week. Uh, we're going to do another movie fantasy cast. And for this week, it is a new MCU movie that uh, we, they really haven't told us much of anything about. It's going to right. be the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, what do you feel about the Fantastic Four, Kyle? Um, I'm a big fan. I, so I, um, as I, you know, I got into comics when I was around maybe seven or eight and the first stuff I read was Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. So they were kind of my introduction to that entire world. Um, and I just think that the four are, uh, kind of an underrated, um, comic book, uh, team. I think that, um, it's really fun to see their evolution as a team. Franklin has been an incredible addition. He's so OP. <laughs> um, and I just think that their dynamic is, is super fun. Um, and I, honestly, like, I don't know about you, but I, I enjoy the, uh, the two original movies. Um, not a big fan of the Josh Trank one, but I, I like the, uh, the first two. They were fun. I have to say, I don't remember too much about them. It's been way too long. I tried to find them to watch this weekend to brush up and i couldn't find them anywhere but you know from what i remember chris evans was a fun human torch yeah there was some chemistry between alba and the the guy who played reed um it was fun but definitely uh, room to improve though which is why i'm glad they're they're bringing it into the mcu there's so much you can do with these characters bringing them into the mcu and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be casting them and also divulging a little plot details right. um, with what we're going to do with our ideas of how they could bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU. All right, Kyle, so we're going to start off everybody with the uh, list game again. And what's going to be the list game for this one? So for this week, since we're talking uh, the Fantastic Four, um, Marvel and DC, the comic book world, they really love their, their alliterative alliterative names uh the the characters names that start with both names start with the same letter so that's going to be our list game for this week all right get it uh, get it going kyle 10 seconds per pick all right uh 
uh, Sue Storm. All right, Reed Richards. Um, Lois Lane. Robbie Reyes. Uh, Lex Luthor. Miles Morales. Um, Lana Lang. J. Jonah Jameson. Ooh, nice triple. Um, <laughs> let's see. Peter Parker. Good one. Betsy Baddock. Baddock. Nice. Uh, Betsy Brandt. Ooh, okay. Um, Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> I love it. Um, I know there's a B. It's on the tip of my tongue. Billy Batson. Oh, nice. Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> uh, Captain Canuck. Oh, okay. That's that's one I'm not familiar with. I I will say sure because I'm not <laughs> going to doubt you. Um. Oh crap. Oh. Um. Matt Murdock. Ooh, I love it. Um, fin Fang Foom. Hmm. Sounds Who? very made up, but that that is a, an Iron Man villain. He's he's with the uh, the Three Rings. All right. Um, I'm on the clock. Let's see. Pepper Potts. Nice. Um, Happy Hogan. Oh, good one. Oh man, I got five seconds. Um, I'm I'm done. I, I can't. <laughs> That's it. Oh man, I think that was our best round yet, man. That was awesome. That was a really <laughs> impressive one. Um, yeah, I'm very glad I pulled a couple of those out. Um, <laughs> very impressive, and a couple of those I did not even know. And I trust that you know your shit on those. And anyone listening, if he is wrong, send in uh, your feedback. Yes. <laughs> podcast at gmail.com and tell us that he is wrong. So it's redemption. <laughs> um, so with this in mind, you get to pick. Are you going to go first or you're going to go second and third? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go second and third. I'll defer. All right. Uh, good strategy. Good strategy. Um, I will be going first for this draft. And uh, it's going to be same rules as last time. Just a little overview. We are able to pick any cast members at any point in time during this. Uh, that is part of the strategy. Um, because if we choose an actor for a role, actor or actress the other person cannot choose that person for that role mm -hmm. so just in case there's a very popular choice whoever gets it first uh <laughs> you know tough luck right <laughs> uh, but in addition uh since uh the director has not been chosen for this fantastic four movie we thought we would uh go ahead and do that for ourselves uh and also kind of add that ahead with the plot details and I'll go ahead and tell everybody my director uh, first. So when we were discussing this, we, we actually thought about the same director <laughs> and uh, Kyle graciously let me have him because he had a very, very good alternative pick. But mine is, is someone who has already made the perfect fantastic four movie. That's right. And someone who knows action. 
That is Brad Bird, uh, the director of The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2. So with him, um, he also did Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favorite Mission Impossibles right there, I have to say. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's the one where the Kremlin is uh, bombed, and uh, that <laughs> scene running away is so intense. Yeah. And since from then, uh, Ethan Hunt is on the run from everybody. He's burned. It's great. Brad Bird's able to get a lot of intensity from his actors, and in Incredibles, uh, the voice work he gets from everybody is exquisite. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Brad Bird, um, and mainly with this movie, he he knows how to to get dynamics from a family. In and put it on screen, man. Um, I think that's really why we both wanted them so bad. Yeah. Um, so with this, I think for my movie with Brad Bird, uh, titled Fantastic Four, we're going to be going to space. <laughs> that's shocking. I love it. And uh, so this is going to be a origin story of sorts. Uh, and people may not be excited about that, but I feel like it's something that can be done properly in the MCU, mm-hmm. especially in what I'm going to do with it, because the fantastic four are going to be members of sword. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, if no one is familiar with sword, um, I forget the actual meaning of it, what the uh, letters are stand for, but essentially it's a, you have shield on land on earth and you have sword up in the cosmos defending a, uh, outer space and uh the outer the space threats coming towards earth and uh so they're going to be members uh, as we see at the end of the uh, spider-man far from home uh mm-hmm. we have to guess that fury's pretty much building sword right yeah uh, and they're on the peak which is essentially the headquarters for sword so this is going to be perfect to introduce fantastic four um some very brilliant minds these guys um all of them are going to be very useful for these uh for these missions that they're going to be doing up in space yeah um the main thing i'm i'm going to tinker with and i'll tell it more when i uh choose the characters are going to be uh sue's going to be more of a militaristic mind she's going to be more in the military Hmm. Uh, so it's going to be more more of a reason as to why she would be up in space for sword and uh it's going to kind of a slight character change, but I think it's going to really work out uh, while it's still going to stay true to her personality. Um, We also have Victor working with sword also, Um, (laughs) which is, uh, is, I think going to be very fun uh, because Victor Von Doom is a very complicated villain or you could even say anti-hero, but uh, we'll go to that later with that. They're Everyone's going to be working on sword and they're going to eventually go on a mission. They're going to end up in a storm. You know, the rest, (laughs) Um, they're going to land on a planet nearby that is a draped in chaos and destruction. And this is where the movie hits. And we'll discuss more as we go, but I'm going to jump right into my first pick. And I think I'm going to go with my, Victor Von Doom. Okay. Starting strong. I like it. So my Victor Von Doom is, is going to be a little older than everybody, uh, but still, you know, able to 
relate if but though he's not going to really want to our victor von doom and of course is going to be a bit aloof he's going to be a very intelligent mind uh he's going to be working on sword uh pretty much in my reincarnation of this he's going to be working kind of side by side with reed mm. uh, they're kind of science bros 2.0 <laughs> um and they're great but uh so when i was thinking of this i needed someone who could play that intelligence who could play narcissist who could play powerful who could play someone who you could like but also really really want to hate right yeah and that i'm going to go with oscar isaac oh i love this oh man did yes. not see that coming at all and i i'm so on board yes uh for everyone uh oscar isaac of course was poe dameron in the recent star wars trilogy as the pilot he was great super fun uh, very hot-headed. <laughs> uh, he was also an ex machina, right? Yep. Uh, very eccentric. Um, he's done in several other roles. I think it was inside uh, Lewin Davis. Mm. My personal favorite. And uh, another movie we won't talk much about, uh, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he has been quoted as saying he hated it. Yeah. He hated it. And... Uh, I didn't like it either. So we just will brush off of that. But <laughs> with this, he can get that redemption, that superhero verse redemption as Victor Von Doom. And I think this is a lot more juicier role uh, than Apocalypse. Yeah. Though I think the role needs redemption. But that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> with this, I think uh, Oscar does a lot with his face uh, and with his eyes. He talks a lot with that and with, with Doom. Once we get to his uh, disfigurement and his his true uh, his mask and everything, he will do a lot of talking with his eyes and his voice. And Oscar, I think, is going to be a tremendous actor for that. Um, I want to see him bounce off of who else I'm going to be casting. Um, he's going to be able to play with them toe to toe. All right, uh, especially once you see who I cast. Um, and just a kind of a little bit more of what he's going to be doing in this role. Like I said, he's going to be kind of a Kind of a good guy right now, though kind of annoying. No one's going to really like him too much other than Reed. Um, he's going to be getting on Ben's nerves. He's going to be getting on Johnny's nerves. Uh, Fury reluctantly likes him because he gets stuff done. Right. But uh, shit is going to go down once on the planet. Mm. And uh, from there, he's going to. we're going to find out how he's going to feel slighted by Reed Richards and start him down the, the very evil path of being dr doom um but we'll get there later uh and i'm gonna let you go with your uh first and second pick all right well i i love that pick i um oscar isaac is one of my favorite you know actors working today for all the reasons you listed he's um the guy can just be he can just turn it on and be charismatic but he can also be really intense when he needs to definitely what you need for this role um I, Dr. Doom is just one of my favorite Marvel villains. And I think that I agree. He needs, um, he, he, I, I didn't hate, uh, the guy's take on it in the original two movies, but I, I, I think that he needs to be fully realized because he is truly one of the iconic villains, uh, in Marvel. Um, so I, I love that pick. Right. And I'm picking Oscar Isaac because I'm, I'm fully expecting him to be in this franchise in the Marvel universe for the, like five, a five movie deal, a six movie deal. Yeah. And possibly being that Loki, the new Loki. Yes, absolutely. Great call. Yeah. 
politics. He's, he's going to show that he he's doing things for his country. Uh, for people who don't know, he is uh, the oh the rule ends up being the ruler of Latveria where he grew up. Yeah. And, um, he's all about protecting that place and making it powerful and protecting the people. In that way, he's a very good person, but he does things very uh, <laughs> uh, for the greater good. He's a uh, very Grindelwald, uh, I should say, from a Harry Potter reference. Yeah, but uh, so I want to go with that with Oscar. So that's great. I- I'm really good. Uh, who are you going to roll with for your first pick, man? So uh, for my, um, I'm going to say my fantastic four. Um, I uh, first of all for my director, yeah, like we mentioned, we both kind of. Um, bounced off ideas for directors we both agreed that brad bird has already made the perfect fantastic four movie um i can't be mad at all that you picked him he's kind of a no-brainer but um someone who i had for an alternate from the get-go um this guy already has experience in the mcu um i think that he the two films he's directed are two of the most fun movies in the mcu and i think that that's an elemental part of this film that it just needs to be a fun movie um, and so I'm going with Peyton Reed. Um, he d- brilliant. Pick. He directed. He directed Ant Man and uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Of course, you know the original original director uh, attached for Ant Man was Edgar Wright. And man, what I wouldn't give to see that movie. But you know, let's pour one out. A- absolutely, yeah. That's 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 another uh, podcast. But uh, um, I love I love Ant Man and the Wasp. I love the way that Scott Lang has become kind of a figurehead of the MCU. Um, and I think Peyton Reed really just understands how to make a comic book film. He he just he understands that first and foremost, fun is just instrumental. And he knows how to have fun with the format. He leans into, especially in Ant-Man and the Wasp, man, he leans into kind of the goofy side of it, which is super fun. Um, I've mentioned before, I'm a big Adam West Batman fan, so that's always going to be right up my alley. Um, when you When you have Paul Rudd, pretending to be michelle pfeiffer i'm in <laughs> oh man that was such a scene <laughs> so good i love those three movies peyton reed has is, is been great for him man uh so sad edgar uh, uh edgar wright didn't be uh, wasn't able to do it but peyton reed really picked up the slack uh this is a great director pick for this movie man thank you um so i am gonna go first i'll kind of talk about my my plot before i dive into my picks um so i'm gonna go a little bit of a different direction but it's one that i think um people have mentioned before i'm setting this film in the in the 60s um this is going to be the you know this is pretty close after captain america's departure um so superheroes are a little bit known in the world but they are still a little bit of an enigma and so as the four kind of burst onto the scene it's a little bit of the the dawn of the heroes. You know, Ant-Man himself, Hank, Hank Pym, is not yet fully active. He's still an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. As we saw on Endgame, he's working with, with Howard Stark. Um, and so this is going to be, and I'll also say, too, you know, I love all three Captain America movies, but the first one really has a special place in my heart. It's the first MCU movie I saw in the theaters, and I just, I really love the throwback vibe. Um, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. And so with this one, I'm really kind of leaning into that. I think Peyton Reed could crush that. We've seen a little bit of how he handles that with the flashback sequences in, in both Ant-Man movies. Um, so basically, Reed, Sue, um, Johnny, and Ben, they're all going to be working. It's funny that you have S.W.O.R.D. I'm having them working with the, kind of the beginnings of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, 
Okay. They will also I like they'll be working very closely with um uh with uh Hank Pym himself. Um I'll dive into that a little more later, but they you know, they're agents of Shield in a very new age of Shield. Um, you know, you might see a a and we should mention too, we have other than the main cast, we have a bonus pick for a character. Um, and this is gonna be a main character, but you you know, we can mention cameos we'd like to see. And I'd love to see, you know, a cameo from from Peggy Carter um kind of show up because she was kind of one of the spearheads of of Shield. Um and so they're gonna be working very closely with Shield and the science department and um they uh essentially i'm also going with an origin story i think that you made a great call in saying that that is still something that can feel fresh um you know the origin story is done to death sometimes with certain characters looking at you spider-man um (laughs) but uh fantastic not again yes not again i can't see it again um fantastic four though is one that we kind of we do all know but um you know, there's only been uh, one film, or t- sorry, two films that have portrayed the origin story. And I think that um, for the general audience, this would be still f- kind of a fun, fresh way to introduce these characters. Um, so again, they're going to be, you know, uh, working alongside Hank Pym as uh, a scientist with S.H.I.E.L.D. They're going to be involved in a, a freak accident that um, gives them their powers uh, on Earth, kind of like the, the 2000, I think 2004 movie. Um and uh, I'll go ahead and roll into my first uh, my first cast pick. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, the main character himself, Reed Richards. I so since I'm setting this in in the '60s, I kind of modeled these characters. Or, sorry, my my picks for the cast after who I could see them growing up to be. Um, and I'll dive into that a little bit later about how this this film ends um, because I, I want to. I am so intrigued by this. I I, I, I was not expecting a, a timepiece. Yeah, movie. man, I just love throwing it back. And I, I really want to see these characters kind of aged up. Um, they won't be fully aged up, as I'll kind of dive in later. But um, so basically for Reed, I'm going to go with someone who um, he is. Uh, I love our synchronicity because you picked Oscar Isaac from the X-Men franchise. This guy is also um, truly one of my favorites from the X-Men prequels. Um, I'm going to go with Nicholas Holt. Uh he is known for playing um, uh, Hank Hank McCoy or Beast in the X Men films. Um, he's also known for he played J.R.R. Tolkien in the the bi- or docu bi- excuse me biopic about um, about Tolkien last last year I believe. Great movie. Um, he really has this quality to him. I was also doing kind of a, a fan DC casting and I wanted, I wanted him for, for Ted Cord, um, the original blue beetle. Um, I think that this guy, he just screams science, you know, he just kind of has that, that science. Exactly. Right. Um, he has that, that I don't want to say nerdy quality, but you, you tell, you can tell that he's just very prone to playing kind of brainy characters as we've seen with Hank, Hank McCoy. And I love the way he grew into that role. Um, I loved him in first class and the way he grew into that role with his dynamic with Raven. Um, I just, I think that he is a really strong kind of new actor. He um, has yet to, other than Tolkien has yet to really spearhead a a movie and and be the main star. And I think this is his chance. Um, And so I'd love to see him, especially play off my other picks. Um, And I think that, like I said, he just brings this energy of like this kind of this, you know, this this brainy kind of guy who is smarter than everyone else in the room, but is also really kind of humble and reserved. 
And I think that's important for Reed. Um, and so that's my pick for, for Reed Richards. I love that pick. Uh, Nicholas Holt was also, uh, from what I remember, got his, uh, well, first he got to start off as the kid in about a boy. Yeah. He yeah. was a little bit back when, uh, and then I saw him in uh, Skins as uh, one of the main characters yeah, yeah. of that show, the uh, UK coming of age story of a bunch of kids who did drugs and uh, each other a lot. <laughs> and she had so much charisma in that. And I would love to see how you don't see any of that in Reed Richards because he's going to be very awkward uh, and he's able to pull that off very well. He was great at that as a uh, Hank McCoy. And uh, it seems like we're going to just keep stealing a lot of the <laughs> X-Men uh, universe. Actors. Right. And I'm yeah. here for it. You know, I mean, they the X give say what you will about the quality of some of their films, but those X Men movies know how to cast people. Um, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and roll into my second pick. Um, I am also gonna go with uh, with Doctor Doom. Uh, as we've both mentioned, you know, Doctor Doom is just an, an absolutely iconic villain, um, not only for the Fantastic Four but for the Avengers at large. He um, you know he's in that gray area of antihero sometimes, but when he turns on the the diabolical side it really does he pulls it into full gear and so i'm going with someone who is no stranger to playing a morally great character he's actually most known for it on uh on the series game of thrones um and watch me butcher this name to go with uh nicolaj coster waldo i think that was right that's probably what i would have said <laughs> so Fairly impressive. Hopefully. Um, but he's, he's known for playing uh, Jamie Lannister in the series Game of Thrones. Um, he, uh, other than that, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I have not seen him in, in much, but I'm, I've always been super impressed. I don't love the way the character's always been written on the show, but I've always been super impressed by his performance, the way he kind of teeters back and forth between uh, a bit of a dick in the beginning of the series and wanting to kind of redeem himself. Um, his relationship with Brienne is really great. And so I think that he could bring a lot of complexity to the role of, of doom. Um, he, uh, a buddy of mine was telling me he would always love to see, and this makes me super sad, but he would love to see, uh, Alan Rickman back in the day as, as Dr. Uh, Dr. Doom. Um, Oh, I, I didn't know, say that. I know. I, makes me so um, sad. But, um, I think that in a similar way, just Nicolaj could bring a little bit of a gravitas to the role, which is very needed. Uh, Doom is known for his, just his evil monologues. Um, and I think it would be just super fun watching him. Um, so his place in the story is a little similar to yours. He is working alongside the four um, and shield. He um, is a very talented scientist, much like Mike, like Reed. I'm going to really play up the, the competitiveness or the competition between the two of them, they both think they're the best. Um, and Reed is, you know, he's uh, incredibly smart, but not very socially gifted. And and Victor is a very charismatic, charismatic guy. And so they're going to be competing a lot um, for Sue and for, for the attention of others uh, when it comes to shield. And he's just vying for that top spot as, as a scientist, he'll also be involved in the accident that gives for their powers. Um, and just watching him, you know, slowly become the bitter um, Victor Von Doom. We know that just hates these people um, going from, from knowing them well to, just wanting the dead uh, will be really interesting. I think that uh, this is very similar to the role of um, Sinestro in the Green Lantern comics. He 
starts out as a bit of a mentor and then slowly is corrupted by evil. I think that would be also super fun to see with with this with Victor uh, Von Doom. And again, I, I just think that uh, Coster Walla, uh, you know, he other than Game of Thrones, he hasn't had a lot of opportunity to to shine. So I would love to see him just ham it up as as Doctor Doom. I I love that pick. I think he is on a an NBC television show right now. I don't know the show. I'm not even going to try to guess it. Um, I, I've only ever seen him in a uh, Game of Thrones, and I, I love him yeah. in that role. I, I love this idea because he is able to 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 be able to play bad and good, and and kind of right on the line, and people still will like him for it. Um, and that's exactly what they will need is Victor Von Doom. Um, I, I like this pick, uh, especially with him as with Nicholas Holt. It's a very much big age gap. Um, so is I definitely think that'll play along with the competition, yeah. right? I, I feel like he's going to himself much superior to uh, right. Reed. I, I, I dig this a lot, man. Thank you, uh, thank you. Oh, boy. Uh, I Maybe there will be more Game of Thrones people. Ooh, maybe. I don't see. know. We'll see. <laughs> Um. All right. So Kyle got his first two picks for his 1960s period piece with Fantastic Four, and we're back to my for my second pick with my modern day uh post blip. I hate yeah, that name. <laughs> post snap. <laughs> um. Post snap universe world in space with Nick Fury and Sword. I have Oscar Isaac as Victor Von Doom. I'm gonna go with my second pick. And I do. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic himself, uh, the man who can stretch and and do so much more. Uh, his mind is the true weapon here. He is possibly the most intelligent man in the Marvel universe. Uh, whether that will be true in the MCU, we won't know. But it'll be fun to see. And and in this movie, uh, he's going to be fighting for, of course. <laughs> for the uh, appreciation of everyone on board, as well as uh, the respect of yeah. Victor Von Doom. Uh, my, my team is going to be, they're going to be more of a friendship here. Uh, definitely competitive, but they want to see the whole team succeed while also showing that they might be a little bit better than the other one. And uh, like you said, Reed Richards is not the most extroverted person. He's not very <laughs> sociable. Um, he's more about books and numbers and science. He is science and people they don't fit into that nice scientific box. They're very unpredictable, and he likes to stay away from that. And I needed someone who can convey that awkwardness, that uh, that kind of that mental distance in his face and his expressions. I need someone who can uh, show a cold shoulder with mm. his face. And for that, I'm going to go with Adam Driver. Oh my goodness, Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver in a movie. I, my head just exploded. <laughs> It's Star Wars yes. all over again. Um, we've already seen them in a movie together um, with some decent chemistry, but here they're going to be working even closer together. And I, I think having them with their relationship and how it's going to become sour and in the future movies, how it's going to be just full on hate is going to be great because Adam Driver is going to not know how to handle it as Reed Richards. Um and then to see him play along with all the uh, my other uh, actors, uh, with Sue, how he's going to to love her and be falling in love with her, while also not really knowing how to show it, um, and wanting to be there for Johnny, 
but not really knowing how to do it. <laughs> it it's just a, it's just a, essentially it's, it's going to be a story of Reed figuring out his, his powers and figuring out how to, to really make this work as a group and a family. It, it's a family movie and it's going to be really driven home. Hey, with Adam Driver. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that was terrible. But, um, so I just want to dive into a little bit more with the plot real quick with Adam, what I've typed here. Um, where is it at? So with three, let's see. Um, actually, I'm pretty much touched on everything. It's essentially he's known Ben since college. Um, and then they've, they met uh, Johnny and Sue through Ben because Ben and Johnny are both pilots uh in this universe so that's how the gang got together reed and sue's been together for about a year now when we enter the story um so they're comfortable with each other but but they haven't made any serious dives yet um but i really want to show that evolution of their relationship through these movies and and so i want to have this be a real big conflict and and see how they can grow from it um and so I think Adam Driver is going to be able to show that really well because he can show emotion while also not knowing yeah. how to express it. And, and I need that. So who else were we just talking about? But Sue Storm, who's going to be playing off of everyone very well. Of course, we have her um, very warmth, a very warm character who is very maternal uh, in my, this story. She's a little bit older than Johnny. And she's raised Johnny for for a while now. Uh, their mother died in a car accident. <laughs> their their dad uh, is in prison for uh, stealing drugs oh, as wow. a doctor. So yes, this is uh, led to Sue essentially wanting to become tighter to to figure out a purpose in life, and she needed to learn how to take care of Johnny. So she got her her shit together, joined the military, and so she is a commander. She knows her shit. And uh, this is exactly why she was able to join S.W.O.R.D. Uh, she's there for for uh, missions uh, on the ground, on any of the planets that they need. She's there, very uh, skilled fighter. Uh, so she is not one to fuck with in this universe. Uh, she's not helpless. She's not just uh, there for support, though she is the heart of the team. She is going to be there to be able to for everyone to lean on but she's going to make sure that if they need help protecting, she's going to be able to protect them. She is the most powerful of the group. I should say, um, I don't know if people know this all, but, uh, she is. And so just adding this ripple with it, with her, uh, abilities, uh, with her strategy and her fighting ability, I just wanted to make it make sense as to why she would be with sword. And I feel like it just will fit with this, uh, reimagining, uh, reimagine, reimagining of my character for her. And uh, for that, I needed someone who can play serious, can play strict and in a powerful voice, but also warmth. And someone who we've seen with a family and who can show concern, who has that maternal instinct. And I think I'm going to be going with Constance Wu. Very different. Did not expect this at all, but I, I like it. Yes, uh, Constance Wu is, uh, was the mother on Fresh Off the Boat, uh, show on ABC. And uh, brilliant on that, very comedic. Uh, she is probably the most skilled actor on that show. No offense to Randall Park. <laughs> um, but then uh, I think everyone else knows her for yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. She is the uh, leading actress in that. And in that, she showed us her her uh, 
dramatic timing, her, 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 you know, her presence, uh, her ability to pretty much just lead yeah. a movie without flaw. Um, I, I haven't seen Hustlers yet, but I heard it was very good and that uh, she was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty impressive in it. Uh, wasn't able to watch it yet, but um, with Constant, I'm able to see her as Sue. Um, Sue was adopted at a young age for the, for this family. They didn't think they were going to be able to have a kid. But then, of course, about six, seven years later, Johnny pops up. <laughs> And so Constance becomes a big sister. And then of course she kind of mm. becomes a mother. Yeah. <laughs> so to Johnny. But with that all being said, I, I think Constance will be able to pull all of this off seamlessly and not be intimidated by the presence of Adam Driver or Oscar Isaac. She'll be able to to hang with them, if not show yeah. them up sometimes. Um I haven't seen her in anything with combat or physical prowess, you know, any of that. But, you know, that's what training's for. Uh, Marvel's able to do that very well. I have no problems with that. And I, yeah, it was a bit out of left field. But when I thought about her, I I just felt like it it really fit. And seeing her and Adam Driver work together, I think, could be really Absolutely. something special. I, um, I really like that pick. I think that uh, just a note on what you said about combat. I mean, before he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, Chris Pratt was Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec. So if if he can do it, anyone can. Oh, man. Shout to Andy Dwyer. I love that guy. But I just, you know, I, I think the MCU is great about actors just transforming themselves from these roles. Um, man, I, I love... I It's early, but I Adam Driver might be my MVP from your cast, man. I think that... That's just such a good call. Adam Driver is someone I've always, I do this a lot in my head and I try and throw actors into dream roles in the MCU. And Adam Driver has always been one that I've had a question mark around, not because of his lack of talent. I mean, quite the opposite. He's one of the best actors working right now, but it's just, he has a very just odd and interesting presence to him. And it's tough to, to nail that down to a, a hero or a villain. And I love the direction you're going with him as Reed. I think you, you nailed it. He um, he's able to convey that like inability to show emotion, but when he does show emotion, as we've seen in, in star Wars and marriage story, and he's subtle when he needs to be, but when he loses it, he loses it. (laughs) And uh, it's really fun to watch. The guy's just an incredible actor. Um, He's just great at the subtle stuff. And that's, That'll be really just fun to see as Reed. And I think him playing off of Constance, man, that'll be just chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. Um, I Intensity. I I see intensity right there. That's what I'm going through. I've only seen a few episodes of Fresh Off the Boat, but I I think I agree. She's the funniest character on that show. And I Crazy Rich Asians was such a pleasant surprise for me i put off watching it for a while just didn't really seem like my thing um but my my buddy and his wife they saw it and they said man you got to check it out it's just such an endearing movie and man i agree it's it's just a just a what i like to call just a pleasant movie it's just such a pleasant watch and uh my favorite rom-com of the last five years hands down big sick i mean i just love those those two um i think that that she is just absolutely the MVP of that movie. She really has a, a wonderful presence that draws you in very warm. Like you said, very warm and inviting when she needs to be, but it would be a lot of fun to see her take on that, that tough kind of role that she needs as the, 
the anchor of the team. She's the heart and soul. But like you, man, like you said, she's the strongest member of the team as well. And I'd love to see that. Um, really great call on both of those picks. I love it. Well, Kyle, uh, watch Fresh Off the Boat more, and you will see how tough she can be. Uh, she is a no nonsense mom on Fresh Off the Boat, and she is she, you know, and, uh, to see her in that, I, I can definitely see her being able yeah. to dole out the punishment. I love that. Uh, that's that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and roll into my next uh, two picks. Is that all right? All right. Um, Let's hit so, it. Uh, as we discussed, what we are going to, who we are going to pick for these, um, for this movie, we discussed that we would have, you know, the main, the main four and, and Doctor Doom, and also we would have a bonus pick. Um, the Fantastic Four boasts a lot of really fun side characters, and um, for my bonus pick, I'm going to go ahead and roll with someone who has been associated with Fantastic Four almost since the beginning. Um, he is also one who. Um, it easily fits into this time period. Um, we really have not had much inkling of his existence in the MCU as of this point. There's a little nod to his homeland in, I believe, Endgame. Um, but it's a blink and you'll miss it thing. I'm going with uh, Namor the Submariner. Um, really underrated. Really underrated I love character. You know, I, I'm, I think it's high past time this guy showed up in the MCU. Um, I'd love to see MCU, the MCU's answer to, to Aquaman. Um, and so Namor and what I love about him too, and I love Aquaman, but he is just the antithesis of, of Aquaman. He is so just menacing and tough. And, um, the direction I'm going with him is that he is initially going to be my primary villain of this movie. Um, Von Doom is, is kind of, in competition with Reed, but he's working with him. They have a little bit of a begrudging rapport. Um, initially, towards the end of the film is when he's going to start to turn on the Fantastic Four. But um, what's going to bring them together as kind of their quote-unquote first mission as a team is fighting this this uh, this guy who came out of the ocean. <laughs> he, he came out of the ocean to kind of terrorize Earth because um he thinks that people are are encroaching on his on his homeland and in the water and he has had it he's seen the activity that's been happening you know two decades ago with with cap and uh and the howling commandos and he thinks that all the humans are good for are war and so if war is what they want war is what they will get and and namor is going to bring the heat he's going to bring his army and he's going to uh, just bring it in full force. And so S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to call upon the four um, to uh, assemble, had to do it, um, and uh, and fight yeah. Namor and his forces. And so Namor the Submariner is someone I've just always been really longing to see in the MCU. Um, for the casting, I'm going to go with someone. Is, I don't know if this is considered out of left field. He's not necessarily someone you think of for an action hero or, or, or someone who's menacing like this, but I'm going to go with... Um, Max Greenfield. He uh, he is most known for his role as uh, Schmidt in the in the show New Girl. Um, yes, yes bag jar, jar man. Um, one of my favorite shows. He is one of my favorite characters. And Max Greenfield, you know, he like I said, he he's known for that. He's known as the douchebag and kind of the uh, the businessman kind of guy. And I think this would be a really truly just interesting like change of pace for him as an actor i think that he has the looks but i just i would love to see him really dig deep and find that that regal kind of menacing uh 
presence that's needed to play Namor. Um, and to see him play off of Nicholas Holt would, Holt would be super fun. Um, I would love to see that. Uh, also ca- kind of play off of Nicolaj uh, as well as, as Doom. Um, you know, they're, D- Doom and, and, and uh, Reed are kind of teaming up to, to face this guy and before Doom goes off as, 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 a, as a villain. Um, but I think Max just, uh, he's yet to get his, uh, his feet wet. I promise that was the last one. Um, <laughs> uh, to, to get his feet wet in in a role like this, this is a really meaty role, and kind of similar to what you said for Oscar Isaac. Um, he, I think, would have the longevity to stick around. Um, he, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for a hypothetical movie that might not ever happen. He, um, he will not be dead by the end of this movie. They will face off and they will fight, <gasps> but he's no still going to be around. Um, he. And Namor, you know, is a character I don't know a ton about, but I know that he he doesn't age like we do, like humans do, you know. So he, I think he'll be sticking around. And so they're going to fight. They're going to have this big climatic, climactic battle. He will uh, retreat back into his, his home world, um, promising that he will be back for more. Um, he might show up for kind of a, a post-credit stinger at the end of the movie. Um, I really want this to be a, a returning uh, villain going into phase four of the MCU. I think that he deserves that. I think that he could easily show up. This has been a very popular theory that he could show up as the villain in Black Panther 2. I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. Um, but I just think that Max Greenfield, like I said, just uh, is a chance for him to kind of go a little different route than he has before, kind of shed that that comedic um, what he's known for in, in New Girl and really dig deep in, and find the complexity that it takes to play this this regal kind of menacing uh, character. All right, man, that I have to say that. Uh, that is the first pick I, I have to question out of all all of your picks so far and every episode, but I I can't hate it because that we have seen many transformations, especially in the MCU. Um, but Max Greenfield is a very odd one. I will say I I haven't seen him mm-hmm. do much drama. Um, I do remember seeing him in Veronica Mars as a a kind of a, a more serious, uh, but but right. witty uh, detective. Um, but, you know, I, I love this guy. He has a lot of charisma, a lot of um, passion in what he does. So I really want to see him do this role more than anything. Um, I really want to see him really dive into and, you know, go for, for a role like this very villainous and, and very powerful being, uh, you know, the, the right. prince or the king yeah. of Atlantis, you know, um, I want to see him in that kind of that makeup and, and see him control the water and the sea. Um, I am so intrigued by this pick. I, this is my favorite pick because I am just (laughs) baffled, but so I I just need to see it. I, I really, I really want to, all right, man. Uh, I just need to know what your next pick is to to see if anything else is coming out. I I love to baffle. Um, I think that I just want to give Max a chance to shine. Um, And so I'm going to roll into, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm going to roll into my next pick. Uh, This is going to go with, uh, with Sue storm. Um, She, you know, for all the reasons you listed is just such a fundamental part of this film. Um, I think that just the romance between her and Reed is 
truly one of the most enduring and endearing uh, romances in the MCU. You have your obvious ones like Mary Jane and, and Peter Parker. And in the MCU, you have Cap and, and Peggy Carter. But Reed and Sue, just they have weathered so much together as a couple in the comics. And they always find their way back to each other. And I think that's, that's just incredible. Um, and so Sue is going to be the heart and soul of this film. Um, I, you know, I went with, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm kind of casting, hoping that these characters age into who my picks would be for a, a current day Fantastic Four. And so this is a little bit of a, of a younger pick, um, both age wise and really experience wise. Um, she's only, to my knowledge, uh, been on TV. Um, this would be her jump to the big screen. She is most known for her role in what I have not seen, the series Shadow Hunters, and also uh, what I have seen, Arrow. She plays Mia Smoke, Oliver's daughter. Uh, I'm going to go with Kat McNamara. Um, I just, I'm really intrigued by this actress, man. She's, first of all, she's just beautiful, um, really attractive actress. And I think that she, again, is very young and you could say inexperienced, but I think that she should be given the chance to to shine because personally, you know, I I haven't always loved Arrow's run, but the minute she was introduced on that show, I have just she's been one of my favorite characters in the Arrowverse. Um, I think that she brings a a really fun kind of spunk and toughness as as Mia. Um, obviously, she gets that toughness from her from her father Oliver, um, and really she's shown in the in the crossover in Crisis on on Infinite Earth. She went through. Uh, I guess spoiler alert, this thing's been out for a little bit, but um, she goes through the devastating loss of her father and uh, just the emotion she displayed was really impressive. And I'm very excited to see um, her spinoff show, uh, uh, The Canaries. Um, really excited. I think that she could be a new kind of lead star of the, the CW Arrowverse. But I think that, you know, she, she, she's a young actress and she has yet to really prove herself, um, especially on the big screen. And so I think this could be the perfect role to really kind of champion that and, uh, you know, give her the chance to, to dig deep and uh, and find, you know, because Sue, like you said, she's a multi-layered character. She's she's tough, but she's sweet. And she, you know, uh, your pick has that motherly quality that I really love. But this pick is just a, a character who catches the eye of Reed because she is just she's incredibly sweet and she's this kind soul and she works alongside him at uh shield and uh she's impressed by his his brains and uh they you know they flirt a little while but uh he's very awkward and so he doesn't pick up the signals like he should and i think that they're they're back and forth and their their dynamic could be really be the heart of this movie um and also her relationship with johnny who i'll you know i'll reveal my pick soon for johnny but um yeah, I think that she could easily just be the heart and soul of this team moving forward, even in, in sequels in the MCU. And again, I just want to see Kat given the chance to really prove herself in the in the in Hollywood, you know. Okay. Do they, they do. get they, together this in this movie? Kind of last minute climactic battle. They've been kind of will they, won't they the entire time. And they get together, uh, you know, share a <laughs> will turner elizabeth swan passionate kiss during the final battle <laughs> um but yes they do they do get together by the the end of the film okay i can dig that um i really like cat Mc, Mc, uh, mcnamara um i loved seeing her in shadow hunters 
not a big fan of how, where that show went, but I loved the books and I loved her portrayal um, as Clary. She's very feisty. She's very, uh, she can show vulnerability, which is very uh, important, I, I think, for Sue, but she's very warm, very fun. Um, she has the uh, physical chops. She's a uh, fit. She's mm-hmm. done a lot of uh, stunt work already. Um, so I think she's prime for that role as Sue. Um, you know, I, I I really like how you're going very young with with your cast, and, and I'm very intrigued how what what's going to happen. Maybe some time <laughs> travel um, or mm. some quantum uh, business, but uh, to see how Cat grows and evolves to uh, to become an older Sue or a more mature Sue along with with Holt as Reed is going to be very fun. And uh, I think she could, she's only yeah. going to get better, I think, as an actress. And I, I love that. Thank you. All right, I, so I, let's, I dig let's it, hear man. I like bit. it. Okay. So we're going to roll with Johnny Storm, yes. the brother of Sue, uh, a bit younger. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's so fun. I, I love this guy. Um, and by the way, we have to have a Storm and Must Peter Parker meet up love somehow in the MCU emails. eventually. Uh, we we need them. <laughs> uh, everybody needs this to happen. But for this Johnny Storm, he is a pilot uh, in this universe because uh, after after their mom died, after their their dad went to prison, Sue shaped up, uh, jumped into the military, and. And she was doing her best to take care of Johnny, and and Johnny's just reckless and and just really being a, a ass about everything. And they were trying to find an outlet, and what they eventually found was that he needed something to hit his adrenaline, so he became a pilot. And and it's kind of worked to an extent, you know. Uh, he's able to to fly as much as he can and as fast, and uh, he he can be reckless a bit and get yelled at, and uh, he's okay with that. Um. And I needed someone to to be able to to show that recklessness. And uh, in this version of Johnny, he's also going to be very arrogant and cocky, um, always busting like uh, busting everyone's chops. And uh, he's just kind of like a kid, you know. He's he's a he's a bit of a brat, but kind of in a good nature. He's not meaning to to yeah. So he's he doesn't really hate anybody, you know. But uh, he he just sees this as busting everybody's balls. And I need someone who's going to really be able to to do that well. And with this actor, we've seen him do this splendidly. And and that is Dakri oh Montgomery. I love this pick. That's amazing. Yes. Uh he is the 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 yeah. bad boy from season three of Stranger Things, Billy. <laughs> uh we love to hate him. The moms of Hawkins love to love him. Uh with his portrayal of this too cool for school bully, we see firsthand what he could be capable of in a role like Johnny Storm. He's arrogant, cocky, knows he has the upper hand in a lot of situations. Uh, his physical likeness yeah. is isn't far off, really either. Uh, he'll, you know, he's fit. He can he can grow the hair or or, or have it short. It'll it'll really work either way. Um, and really, yeah. Dakri already has a penchant for red. <laughs> he is Jason in the more more uh, the recently rebooted Power Rangers that I think gets way too much. hated on. Yeah, way too much. I really like it. I love it. I'm a Power yes. Rangers fan. We'll do Power Rangers episodes one day. <laughs> um, and so I think he'll fit in with the younger crew of the MCU actors. Um, he, and he, of course, is the, the puppy dog, the, the young kid of this movie, of course, which we really need 
um, to show that contrast between between him and these these older people who who have their lives together, know what they want, and and Dacry's just tra- just kind of there so he can fly in space, like, <laughs> and maybe maybe shoot some aliens. You know, he's 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 there for the thrills, and so when they eventually uh, go into the storm and then crash on this planet that's in disarray, he's he's kind of one of the only ones that's really ready for it. He's just ready to jump in and, and, uh, and he's, he's, it's really fun to see him kind of through this. He has to figure out how to reel it in because that's going to be necessary for the, for this plot to evolve is he's going to need to learn how to be a part of his team and know when to hold back yeah. <laughs> because he's really bad at that. Um, and with Dakery, I think he has that presence uh, where he can be super cocky, can talk nonstop, and insult you, and then smile, and everyone's yeah. like, "Damn, he's right." <laughs> and and then also, just um, and then he, he's also shown that he can be emotional. He he's he's going to be able to be intense when we see Johnny possibly break down eventually when he when maybe mm-hmm. things get tough and uh in future movies i i think he'll be able yeah. to grow into that that role even more i think this would be a great opportunity for him in the mcu um he's going places so any he's going to end up in some franchise i, I think it should be the mcu i want to see that happen i think seeing him uh try to in, impress uh impress re and get on ben's nerves because in this uh him and Ben both are pilots, and of course, this is how everyone meets. And they they just have a very uh, brotherly, ins- like hate yeah. uh, relationship. They just rag on each other nonstop. Uh, they never admit they like each other, but they they will definitely protect Maverick each other <laughs> in a second. And exactly, <laughs> yes. Um, and so, and of course, he will going forward be the pilot for the team since. Uh, Sad face. Ben won't be able to um, for for reasons. Uh, but so with that, I I, I choose Dakry Dakry Montgomery. I love it for, for Johnny Storm. I love this pick. I what do you think? I can't wait to to tell you my pick for Johnny. Um, especially now that you've said Dakry. Um, I think that he man, this guy, like you said, we just love to hate him on Stranger Things. Um, I think what's really important too, though, yeah, you kind of touched on it in season three we get to really see some vulnerability from billy um he's just an absolute shitbag but towards the end we get to see that he came from a just a really rough background and that kind of made him what he is and it's a really great kind of sympathetic backstory to him shortly before he he passes away um and so this is awesome dude i love this pick i love that you're going with kind of a uh just all of these really great up and comers, you know, these are, um, you know, Oscar and Adam have arrived, but I just, these pe- these people who are truly the new faces of, of Hollywood, um, Dakri and yeah, that is what MCU does, man. They, they, they get them at like that right yeah. time. And, and 100%. Bam, I start just bam. I think that he just is able to play off of all of this cast and, especially you know ben i'm really curious i don't know if that's your next pick but i'm really curious to see what your your ben is but either way let's uh let's hear your next pick okay it is ben because i'm saving my wild card pick to uh reveal the uh Love it. the main conflict of the story uh bring on the plot but uh, we're gonna go with ben here my other pilot uh best friend of reed richards who, who've known him since college they they just get each other 
uh, a Ben Ben supports Reed and everything he does, and and Reed loves that Ben's there and gets them even when Reed has no <laughs> idea what how to to express it. Um, it's it's going to be great to see that on screen, and then to see Ben hate Victor. He's he's not going to like Victor in any way. He's going to hate their friendship and and be, definitely be jealous. Uh, and then going forward, when with the crack and the the storm. We have to see Ben transform into the thing. Uh, this this orange rock hide of a of a man, uh, large and and strong and yeah. and very tragic of a character. Um, before this, uh, before he went to Sword, and they've been up there for a bit. Um, he, of course, he uh, proposed to his uh, girlfriend, and they broke up for for problems. And of course, him and his uh, his temper and not you know know it being able to settle down and he, of course he was going to be going to space so uh he, he you know he, he was kind of running away from commitment there so he's been dealing with this and now he's he's the thing on a on a planet and he has to deal with this and while running away from this this problem on this conflict um and it's just a lot of confusion and he's he's it's going to be a lot of turmoil a lot of inner turmoil that we're going to have to see in his his face his eyes his voice and i i need someone who uh is able to do that i need someone who we've seen so show so much raw emotion before on screen um and also someone who is funny because ben Grimm is still a a gang is a gangster or comedian man he he has those quips he is sarcastic and cynical especially as he as he transforms more into the thing uh he's going to be just kind of a bit of a pessimist but he's gonna always kind of uh you know take it out on uh the world with his with his uh, words because what else is there to do other than a uh, clobbering time <laughs> so i am going to be going with shia labeouf All right. Dang. So sorry about that, man. It's all good, man. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties, but uh, we're good. So uh, in case you didn't hear Kyle, I, I did just make my pick for Ben Grimm, and it is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And real quick, that's uh, – I may have jumped the gun on what my MVP of your cast is, man, because Shia is a great call. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what do you like so much about Shia? Man, I, um, well, I, I want to, you know, you, I haven't, you haven't said much. I don't want to steal the spotlight. I want to hear what's your, what's your reasoning for, for picking it? So I, I, I love, I love how, how Shia shows his emotion in his face. Uh, he's very outspoken with his body language. Um, I mean, even back in with Transformers, uh, when, when Prime goes down, you, you see that mm -hmm. hurt and anguish in him. Um, I don't care what anyone says. I thought it was great. It was brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, and in multiple other movies, Disturbia to, um, to his, his recent direction, uh, directed movie, right? The peanut butter Falcon. Um, yeah. Just yeah. great. Um, so I, I, I think he's going to be able to show that dramatic turn with the thing very well. Um, and also wanted to make sure it, it was an actor of Jewish descent because mm -hmm. I, I've read up and, and a lot of people are very, uh, specific that they wanted the thing to be uh, Jewish because his character is uh, is Jewish and there isn't a lot of uh, representation for that in the MCU. So I, I did want to just point that out and make sure that that was taken care of for everyone. Um, 
and and it just shows because also i mean he was he grew up in new york on the streets uh take you know um taking care of himself and uh he was still able to to get to school and become a become a pilot uh and become friends with ben, with uh reed and go from there and and i like shy because he he can be a little tough you know he's a little rough around the edges he's not no pretty boy um but he, he's not he's not ugly either so you know he's <laughs> It's a bit of a catch. He's, he's fun. He's funny. And, and so I wanted Ben to be comical because he's going to be needing that to, to lean on once he's the thing. So he doesn't just jump off the deep end. Uh, he's going to end up being very depressed and, and, and he's going to need to be able to get out of that. And I think Shia in that journey will be great for it. Um, yeah. In this movie in particular, you know, he is the pilot. And so, with the crash, he's, he's kind of going through a lot of emotions, realizing he is, he, he's looking at himself and he's, his hands are this rock, these rock hands. And, and once he's finally able to catch a reflection of himself fully in the movie, he's just, he kind of freaks and he doesn't know how to handle it. Everyone's been staring at him and they don't know how to react. But, uh, so this movie's going to be a lot of, uh, just a lot of him really reacting to, to this new change in a very volatile situation um and his growth will really i think ramp up in the future movies of this movie that's never going to get made (laughs) (laughs) with this it's going to be mainly just almost the the five stages of grief really you know Mm. it's going to be shock um i don't if i don't believe that's the first uh stage of course but it's it's going to be just it's going to be him not able to take care of anything and he's going to have to learn really quick uh if he's going to be able to just swallow his pride and and get shit done for the sake of his team and yeah. uh and they're going to really be there for him too in the end uh and i'm going to really like seeing that and i think shia really pulls that off well yeah uh, i this is a great call i think shia is just someone who He's been through an incredible journey, um, both in his personal life and, and in Hollywood, the way that Hollywood perceives him. He, like you said, he he got it, kind of got his start, not really got his start, but he, he's really known for his role in the Transformers movies. And he has a great kind of likable, endearing quality in those films and um, kind of went down the deep end a little bit. But I think the the way he's come back with his, you know, with the Peanut Butter Falcon and, and Honey Boy and, and stuff like that is really just, I'm very impressed and very, I just really respect um, the path he's taken. Um, He's very humble. And uh, I I like that he would just bring a really, really, really complex quality to this role. He's not someone who you initially like would expect to attach himself to a franchise like this, but I think this is a role. And also Ben Grimm is a very deceiving, like deceptively complex role. Um, People kind of just view him as a meathead. You know, he's it's clobbering time. He's the ever loving thing, but he's got a lot going on, man. He he he. I would argue would go through the most uh, emotional arc of this film. Um, the guy just his life is completely altered by what happens to him. He loses his girlfriend, and he, you know, he just goes through this uh, crazy transformation. Um, and so seeing Shia portray that, man the the talent is is there i mean just seeing him uh, deal with all those emotions and like you said dealing with grief and understanding how to 
live uh, this new life as, as this kind of this monster um, would be really, I think he would be just the emotional core of this film. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, people forget he got to start, you know, as even Stevens and in <laughs> the Disney Channel show. I mean, please bring that to Disney Plus if it's not there already. Um, oh, yes. He's so funny in that show. And I think that we've not seen that in a long time. We've not seen that kind of that innocent humor in a long time from Shia. And this is his opportunity to kind of do that. He would be just a great, a great um, counter to the seriousness of, of Reed um yeah this is just a a great call man i love it and i i would like to say just to piggyback off of what you were saying it's kind of you wouldn't think about it i i was kind of channeling the bradley cooper as rocket pick going with this an actor that you really wouldn't think and when you think of the voice you're like his voice but i i think shia would really be able to, to to tweak his voice just enough to really give it a little gruffness a little uh, a little New Yorkness to it mm. that uh, would ring true. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. So, so uh, that would be my pick there. And uh, so you'll go with your penultimate pick, and then I'll go with my last pick, and you'll finish it up with your last pick. Uh, sound good? Yes, sir. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just take my cue from you. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with Johnny Storm. I am really excited to uh, – to say this pick just because of who you picked. Um, this is one of the ones who, uh, this seems to be the most popular pick for this role. Um, but I a hundred percent agree with that. I think it's popular for a reason. I'm going to go with, uh, with Joe Keery. He, um, he's most known for his role as, uh, as Steve, the hair Harrington in, uh, in stranger things, um, Stranger podcast right here. Yes, absolutely. We stand stranger things. Um, he, uh, plays off of your pick for Johnny so well. They have an incredible rivalry on that show. Um, but I think that he just, you know, he he really embodies what I think is necessary for Johnny. He's, uh, when we first meet him in season one, he technically is, you know, one of the antagonists of that season. He um, He's kind of a dick and he's full of himself and he knows that he is kind of this popular guy who's, starting this relationship with Nancy and he, um, he knows he's all that and he kind of picks on Jonathan and he gets to redeem himself a little bit at the end with that amazing scene with the bat. Um, but uh, season two is when he really shines. He, we, we get to see him paired up with Dustin, which was an absolutely genius choice by the writers. So fun. Um, and he gets to be the mom (laughs) of the group for a while. Um, and then season three just only continues to grow his character and his relationship with, with uh, new edition Robin. Um, I love their, their dynamic um, and the way they play off of each other. But I think that he just, at such a young age, he's been able to display an incredible range um, as an actor. Um, and again, Stranger Things is really always known for. I think he's been in other stuff, but uh, me personally, I've only seen him uh, in Stranger Things. And I think that this, again, can be just a great launching point for him. Um, he's obviously very young, and so he has the, the longevity of being able to play this role for a while. Um, of all these characters, I think that Johnny has the potential to stick around the longest. Um, like you said, I'd love to see him play off of, of Peter Parker. And seeing Joe Keery and, and Tom Holland together would be so fun. Um, just yeah just a ton of fun to see them together i i think that um 
he again he he knows how to play a hothead uh no pun intended <laughs> and he knows how to play that arrogant guy but also he's the, he's the jokester and he takes nothing seriously um but you know he knows he knows how to he knows how to engage when it's important and he's able to come through for his team and so he you know in this film to to expound a little more into the plot of my film um, these are very young shield agents and, and Reed is the one who's kind of the responsible, mature one, um, along with, along with Sue, but Johnny is the one who's, uh, he's very young and he's just wanting to prove himself. He wants to show everyone that he's the best and he wants to be, you know, he wants to be like Captain America. He, he's read about him all the time and he's just like, I just want to prove myself and I want to be a hero. That's all he cares about. And, you know, that could get in the way. We could see some scenes of him just growing and being humbled and understanding that being a hero sometimes about making sacrifices and not being the person everyone talks about. And so I think that his arc in this movie could be very important and fundamental. Um, and just, again, seeing him play off of, you know, Nicholas Holt play off of uh, Kat McNamara as, as her brother who annoys her, but she, you know, she loves him anyway. And even seeing him play off of, of uh, Von Doom, um, I think that he is just a young actor who brings a lot of vibrant energy uh, and he just is able to play off of anyone really well. I like that. And you said, uh, you just said energy and he definitely has a lot of energy. I think he's going to bring that to this role. I love that pick. Uh, Joe Curie is one of my favorite parts of stranger things. Every, every series, every season he gets better. Um, Love him with Robin um he can play that the douche bag the dick very well which we need johnny to have a certain level of that yeah especially at that age that you're shooting for very young and um very naive and and i really like the way you're going with him he won't he's wanting to be a superhero and he's uh, really emulating a uh, captain america mm-hmm. and and how where that's going to go um I, I love it. I love that we both went with opposing uh, people and uh, Stranger Things yeah. for Johnny's Um Vibes, man. Same vibes. Um, <laughs> I, I really think he's going to bounce off really well with uh, the rest of your cast. And he, like you said, he could, he really could still the, the scenes and he can really move forward into the MCU and play off of others like Peter Parker, um, play off of maybe a, Shuri, mm. you know, going forward in the future, maybe we'll have a uh, Hawk Girl and uh, Iron Lad. Who knows what we're going to have going forward? Miss Marvel, we know we will have. Yeah. So that would be a fun, fun one to see. Joe Curry will be able to carry it, and I could see him wanting to be a part of a big franchise. And um, he seemed to have so much fun on Stranger Things. I, I love this so much. I have might might be my favorite pick of your cast, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll into. Oh wait, no, we're going on to your last pick, right? Yes, yes, awesome. we are. Um, so we're going with my bonus pick, my wild card pick, where we can pick anyone. And I was thinking a couple different directions, and I thought the best use would be someone who would really be pivotal in the plot, the uh, the story. And as I've been saying, uh, they they've uh, the the four have uh, gone through a cosmic storm, which uh, holds the power cosmic. Uh, and this is what has uh, transformed them into uh, their new uh, powerful people, their personas. And uh, as they land on this planet is uh, in chaos, true chaos, uh, natural dis- disasters, uh, things getting ripped apart, people dying. And uh, 
what they find is it is a being prepped, being prepared for the uh, world eater, uh, Galactus. Oh, I love it. The one who is doing it is his herald, the Silver Surfer himself, <laughs> Foreign Rad. Uh, and uh, in this universe, this this version, he he always goes to the planets to to prepare them to get them ripe for consumption, uh, which means getting it full of negative energy, getting it riled up and and just and really rough and um and so Silver Surfer does this and he's he's there at this planet that uh. Uh, they would probably do a better job of figuring out which planet and why. Um, I, I could, I would have probably been stuck on that this whole time and not come out with the cast. <laughs> so, but they, they meet Silver Surfer fairly shortly after they land, and uh, they, they try to stop them to using their, you know, their, their uh, military and their sword uh, skills, and they realize that they have these unique powers that they are so shocked by other than of course, perhaps the thing who was already being shocked. The fact that he looks like he does. Um, and they promptly get their asses kicked, uh, and tuck their tail and run. Um, and while the silver surfer does his thing and, and gets the, the planet more ready. And what we see is these four, uh, the fantastic four try to learn and, and their powers very quickly while also, uh, being safe and, devising a plan to to stop silver surfer from this planet while also maybe fixing their their uh their ship that is very very wrecked right now um and with the silver surfer we, we're going to need someone who is very good at showing no emotion mm. uh, someone who's, who's just almost a blank slate who is this man who is whose sole purpose is to be the herald for galactus to to prepare these planets to find planets ripe for consumption and uh for anyone who doesn't know, he, he used to be a, a simple man from on his own planet. And, uh, and at one point Galactus came to, to take it and he sacrificed himself for everyone else. And he was gifted the power cosmic and he became the silver yeah. surfer, the herald of Galactus. And he's been doing this for, for a very, very long time. Uh, don't know how long it would be in the MCU. Uh, we won't get into that, but so we need someone who's who's seen so much life destroyed and has been a part of it and who who doesn't even know who he is anymore. He has no recollection. Um and he doesn't even get pleasure out of this. It's just simply his duty. Yeah. Uh, we we need to see this and then we need to see the the evolution for during the the climax of the movie uh when the the group is 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 doing better now. They're going to uh be able to show how noble they are and how determined they are, which will eventually win over the silver surfer yeah. and two. And he's going to defect. Oh, and it okay. will be, Oh yes. He was going to defect. Uh, and this will be the, the true emotional change of the movie and it will be epic. And we'll have the silver surfer uh, as the Galactus is, is coming very near towards the planet. He decides that, uh, that he has to do something and he so he brings life back to the planet uh one of his abilities is able to is is to help change organic matter and and bring life mm. back to it um and so he he does this he's able to heal heal the planet and it is it's not as a prep as a prepared as before and galactus is is unable to uh 
to get it for he is uh, he's not very strong right now he's weak he hasn't uh, fed in in quite some time and so they might have a small squirm uh fight against galactus before he leaves and and then we are left with silver surfer and the fantastic four uh essentially uh saying their goodbyes and their thanks for helping each other and uh so with this we we see the silver surfer uh perhaps still a bit emotionless but but choosing to to decide that he wants to feel something yeah. again that uh, these people that he's seen these fantastic four has really made him want to be mm-hmm. better and and not do whatever he's he was doing before and so we need this to see, be able to see this change and so for the actor that I went with is Steven Yin. Oh my goodness. My man, Glenn. Ha, Glenn. Oh man. Rest Absolutely. in peace. Uh, yes. Glenn, the pizza man <laughs> from the walking dead. Uh, my favorite character from that show. May he rest in peace. Um, we also have seen Steven uh, doing a lot of voice work for Voltron, the legendary defender on uh, Netflix, as well as uh, Tuca and Birdie. He was the uh, voice of the boyfriend for, I believe, uh, Tuca. No, I'm sorry, Birdie. Um, and he has a very pleasant voice um, that he's able to, you know, he's able to have a lot of humor and pleasantry in it. But um, as we saw in Walking Dead, he's very dramatic. He's able to show so much emotion and also... He, there's so much so many times if when you're watching that he, he kind of draws a blank sometimes and it, it's just beautiful where you can see almost where it's like he's just in shock he, he he plays shock so well and it's like in that moment nothing is happening and i i, I kind of am inspired by that for silver surfer and whereas like he'll be able to play that very monotone simple silver surfer and then going forward towards the end of the movie and then future installments because Silver Surfer is going nowhere. He will be able to show that turmoil and wanting to learn who he is and then eventually getting his memories and, and becoming more human as we go. And I think Steven Yin is going to be great for that role. And I think he is such a great actor who really needs that, that new role that'll really kick him into the next level and so i think silver surfer is it i um i love this pick man i steven uh is just like i said i mean he's 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 glenn from the walking dead but he's always shown potential for more um I love that Glenn's your favorite character too. <laughs> He's definitely my favorite too. Um, but he, yeah, I, I think that this is a really interesting call. Not one I would have expected, but again, one that as soon as you said it, like my mind just clicked like, wow, that makes perfect sense. Um, Silver Surfer is just a, an absolutely iconic Marvel character. He, um, it's really just a tough role to fill. It kind of asks a lot from the actor, even though there's not a lot of emotion shown. It's a very, uh, vision like role you know he he just has this enigmatic presence that kind of draws you in um and so yeah steven is just such a great call for this man i I love it i think that man i love that he is kind of the him turning and defecting is that emotional core of the movie that's i love that because silver surfer as a herald is is interesting but him you know 
trying to emotionally engage and realize that there's something greater than himself is so much more compelling. And that makes for such a, an incredible climax to this, this film. Um, I love it. I think that that's a, a great call. Thank you. And uh, I'll also just go ahead and jump in uh, before you finish your pick, just to, to finish up my plot, any just little plot threads I left out um, that essentially took care of the climax. The, they, they saved the planet. They have their powers. They go back to the peak, which was being attacked as the same time as the planet. So they could not help. Um, I believe it was being, it's being attacked by perhaps uh, some, some cronies of Galactus and Silver Surfer. Um, I'm not very familiar with, with who they roll with. Perhaps it's uh, some other like lesser right. known heralds. Um, but wh- whatever it is, the, the peak is being attacked. So they're not unable to help. And, uh, the, and of course, uh, Victor is taking care of a lot of stuff there with no remorse. He's showing no mercy. Uh, he, he's very <laughs> brutal. <laughs> uh, he, he's still a very skilled combatant. Uh, opponent even though he's he's such a skilled scientist and uh we're seeing this happen and of course they're overrun and uh and during the climax they call out for help help victor does personally to reed um over there you know their uh intercoms their links and reed makes the logical call that the planet is was more important that they needed their help more and this is what leads to to uh the split to the vengeance the bitterness that uh Victor starts having for Reed because this also leads to Victor being uh, very badly injured and his face being very badly hurt. Um, and so going from here, this, this is really what creates that, that, that split yeah. and the hate and, and actually, so he leaves after the climax quickly, very quickly. He's not with sword anymore. And at the end scenes credit, the credit scene, we see him finding a, uh, a monk temple in the Himalayas and uh, he's wearing a green cape and it ends. Oh my goodness. I love it. That's amazing. So it sets it up perfectly for the future installments. Uh, And then that's pretty much my, my plot plot details uh, from beginning to end. And, uh, and then I I think we just got one more pick for you, Kyle. Uh, Who you got? Um, I love that. Love that you have Reed as your. I'm sorry, uh, Victor as your kind of your closer. I think that's such a natural um, choice. Um, so to roll into to my final pick, I've got uh, Ben Grimm, like we've we've already touched upon, who has arguably the most emotional uh, arc of this film. He goes through just a hell of a lot in this film. I think that um, what's necessary for this role is someone who can portray some some gruffness um but also some humor and some like you said he grew up on the the streets of new york so he's got that rough and tough quality to him and he he really doesn't take any shit from anyone um but he you know he he's able to he always has reeds back and he they're you know they're close friends and um also with johnny they're gonna have and in my film they're gonna have this just this constant back and forth of like you know I you're annoying Johnny and you know you're you're a pest but uh they you know they just get on each other's nerves the entire time but they have this begrudging kind of respect because Johnny again just shows up when it's necessary um so for Ben I'm going to go with someone who uh like a lot of my picks is a relatively new face he um I know him best uh as uh the lead role in 
the film 1917. Um, he uh, he's kind of the sneaky surprise lead role in the film. Um, I guess this is another spoiler alert for for 1917. Damon, have you have you seen this film? I don't want to spoil anything. I will not see it. So okay. you're okay. I'm not a big gotcha. war movie okay. guy. Um, so uh, the film, you know, is billed as as being led by, uh, you know, last week my my pick for Hercules, um, uh, Dean Dean Charles Chapman, um, his character, and he's joined by by this guy George McKay. Um, he they are assigned this mission, you know, blah blah blah. Next podcast, whatever. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, about 20 minutes into the film um, again spoiler alert if you don't want to hear this skip ahead a little um, Dean Charles Chapman's character is is killed he uh, he's the one who's given the mission to kind of find his brother's battalion um, and he's 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 shot and he's killed um, and so George McKay's character is the one who has to kind of take up the uh, the mission from him and you know he promises promises him as he's as he's passing away I will get the message to your brother that an attack's coming. And so George McKay is the one who kind of sneaks up and becomes the lead character of this film. Um, uh, if you're unfamiliar with him, um, he, I believe also is in the, um, he's in the Maze Runner films, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but really this was his kind of his breakout role. Um, he, he has a really interesting kind of quality to him as an actor. he, has a bit of a wariness to him and world world weariness. And I think that would be an incredibly compelling quality of Ben's. Um, he's seen a lot at his young age and he, again, he has reads back, but he's pretty untrusting of other people, um, including Victor. He, you know, he, he, he says, I'll always have your back read and I trust you, but I just I don't trust this, this Victor guy. And, and I, he's he's someone who is just very wary of other people, but you know he's also someone who um, you don't want to mess with. He's very tough, and so uh, in this film, he is kind of Reed's right hand man. Uh, Reed's working the science angle, and and Ben is kind of on the front lines of Shield. He's an agent. He um, regularly uh, corresponds with with Peggy Carter. Um, he. So I'm kind of changing it up a little bit. He's not a pilot, but he is um, just an agent who's on the front lines. He's seen a lot of action. And again, he's very world, world weary. Um, but George McKay has that quality as an actor. He just at such a young age is able to portray that so well. Um, and so Ben is, again, we've, we've covered this a lot, but Ben is just going to have this incredible arc in this film of, of going through this, this kind of this heart, heartbreaking transformation um, and coming to grips with that and how to live like that. Um, and he, uh, to, to expound a little onto my, my plot details, um, in the, in the climactic, uh, battle with Namor and, and his forces, the four are, um, going to be, uh, brought to Atlantis, um, essentially as prisoners. And then, you know, the third act kind of fight, uh, will take place, uh, in Atlantis and they'll be fighting Namor and his forces. Namor will um will lose and be be badly hurt and kind of retreat and the four will escape um but as they're escaping um you know this is this is the 60s um but i'm gonna kind of i don't know that this is breaking the rules as much as it is just taking some creative liberties with, with what we've already seen in the mcu um the snap affected a lot more than i think we even realize uh in the mcu um we already saw it you know 
its effects immediately on on the people who were turned to dust. But I think that the snap affected uh, things across time as well. And so what happens with the four is that they are, um, as they're traveling back from Atlantis and trying to escape, um, they're sucked into the negative zone. Um, the negative zone, of course, being known in the comics as uh, this prison that is uh, reserved for just the worst of the worst, the villains. Um, and Reed is kind of the the architect of it. Um, but this is a little bit of a different take on it. Um, they have no clue what the, what the hell just happened. They just get sucked into the negative zone. Um, and kind of the, the, and Hey guys, sorry, just some more technical difficulties, but you know, uh, if we do our job right, maybe you won't be able to notice too bad, but, uh, <laughs> so I believe, uh, where were we? We were with Kyle, uh, discussing just, a a bit of his, uh, I believe his, uh, plot details. We were in, uh, Atlantis. Yes, sir. Yes. So, uh, so our, our, our heroes, you know, just beat Namor. Um, he's retreated, he's badly hurt. So they're kind of retreating from Atlantis, trying to find their way back home. And, um, you know, we, I think we truly have not all of the effects of the snap as of yet. And though this is in the sixties, I think that the snap is something, you know, part of that glove, that gauntlet is the time stone. Um, it affects things across the timeline. And so, um, as our heroes are, are journeying back to Earth, they're suddenly sucked into um, this uh, this different realm, and they're not sure where they are. And um, uh, avid uh, comic readers and, and eagle-eyed viewers are going to be able to tell that this is this is in fact the negative zone. Um, this is, you know, uh, in the comics, it's notoriously known as this place that the the worst of the worst, the baddies of the of the Marvel universe are kept in. But back in the sixties, this is just a kind of an uncharted area. Um, you know, in the comics it's, it's uh, roughly it's, it's, it's designed by Reed, but I'm changing it up a little bit. And in, in, in the MCU, it's, it's this as of yet uncharted kind of realm. And so as they're sucked into this area, um, you know, they have no idea what's going on. Um, and as the, as the film closes, it's a bit of a cliffhanger. They're basically, left with this uh, challenge of what do we do now? We don't know where we are. We don't know how we got here. And uh, my post credit stinger is um, uh, a modern day Hank Pym and, and Scott Lang are, are working on something involving either Pym particles or, or the quantum realm. And what do you know it out pops out of nowhere, um, you know, a portal much like what we see in something like Dr. Strange out pop our, our heroes, the Fantastic Four um, in, in 2020 or, you know, whatever it is in, in the MCU 2024 or something. Um, and they are they are aged up. Uh, you know, time works a little differently in the negative zone, but they are they're relatively aged up. Um, I'll hold off on my picks for the older Fantastic Four. I don't want to take up too much time, but um, but uh, they uh, have no idea where they are. You know, they think they're still in the 60s and they recognize Hank, but he's obviously so much older. And so they're very confused. And that's kind of the, the post-credit stinger of this film. They don't know what to do and tune in again. And now, obviously, we don't know when the Fantastic Four film will be placed in the MCU. Um, with this, I'm kind of going in the direction of we see this before we see Ant-Man 3. And so Ant-Man 3 is going to kind of deal with the ramifications of this, uh, how 
you know, Hank is going to deal with his, his friends from back in the day, suddenly appearing in, in modern day. He thought that they were, they were dead. You know, they just suddenly disappeared back in the day. And so them just kind of reappearing uh, suddenly is, is kind of a shock. So that's going to be my, my post credits, uh, my stinger of this film. I love that because um, I, I really wanted to see how you're going to tie it into the future. And the, the negative zone is, is so big in the fantastic four. So I thought about using it, but I want space and the, and the storm. So seeing you, you have them in the negative zone, um, no, not going to let us know if, if anything else is there, there while they're there. Uh, are you, are, do you have any idea how long they were there in the negative zone? Like how long, so how much time did they spend there? That will essentially be something that is covered in, uh, you know, Ant-Man three. And I know that's a bit of a tease. Maybe we can <laughs> cover future MCU flicks, but, uh, essentially it will be a minute, you know, they will be, they will be a little aged up. They've um, lived long. They the, probably, I would say, Reed and Sue maybe got married while there. Yes, yes. They, they spent some time. They had some adventures that will certainly maybe be shown in my Fantastic Four sequel as uh, a side story, you know. Um, and I have people, like I said, from the beginning, I was casting these people as the four in retrospect of who I want them to be in the mod- in modern day. Um, so we'll essentially see new people. Um new actors, which I think is a really, you know, people would be kind of thrown off by this pick because we would probably come to love these four. Um, And so seeing just new people, I think would be kind of a game changer, but these are all established names. And so um, would, I mean, would you mind indulging me as I go across this new fantastic four? Yes, of course. Please tell us your cast. So uh, as we see them in the post-credit stinger out pop our, our, our fantastic four, um, Reed is going to be played by, uh, he was previously Nicholas Holt. He's now going to be Patrick Wilson. Um, he is most known for his role as, uh, as Al or Night Owl in, in Watchmen. Um, he is also in the Insidious franchise. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on all these picks. I just think that Patrick Wilson has that, that quality of, of that scientist, that, that really smart guy. He's the smartest guy in the room. And I can see a Nicholas Holt kind of growing up into this type of, this type of guy. Um, for Sue Storm, um, out pops instead of Cat McNamara. Uh, it'll be Alice Eve. Um, she is uh, she plays um, uh, what's her name? Carol Marcus in Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, yeah, so she and that's truthfully one of the only films I've seen her in. I am relatively unfamiliar with her filmography, but I think that in that film she actually really wowed me and surprised me. Um, in a film that I wasn't super impressed with. I think I really loved her performance. Um, And I think that she just has that really great Sue storm quality. She was in my initial pick before I, before I even established that I was going to be setting this film in the sixties, I played with the idea of it being modern day. And she was the first person I cast. I I think that she would be just an absolutely perfect um, Sue storm. Uh, And rolling into for Johnny, um, instead of Joe Keery, which it breaks my heart to not have him anymore. Um, we're going to see uh, Justin Hartley. Um, he is most known for his role as uh, Oliver Queen on the series Smallville. Um, he also plays uh, Kevin in the, in the series. This is us. Uh, that's the, probably his most recent role. Um, this guy, uh, I could go for hours about how much I love Smallville, <laughs> um, but he, he's one of my favorites from that show. He just, nails Oliver Queen and 
all the the arrogance and the rich playboy kind of quality of, of Oliver, but also really a true hero who kind of lays it out and uh, sacrifices day after day. And so seeing him as Johnny would be really fun and kind of a natural progression from the young Joe Keery, the kid who just wants to be a hero to Justin Hartley, who, you know, maybe we'll see in the negative zone, he had to really kind of grow up and deal with this really scary, serious situation. Um, and then finally for, for Ben Grimm, um, I'm rolling with uh, Ben Foster. Um, he is another one who um, uh, Ben Foster is known, you know, he, he plays um, Angel in uh, X-Men The Last Stand. One just like Apocalypse, we will not talk about. Um, <laughs> he's he's also known. He plays uh, Matt Axelrod Axe in Lone Survivor, a great film. He, my personal favorite of his, he plays. Um, forgot the guy's name, but he uh, is the kind of the wild card brother in the film Hell or High Water. Um, this guy has just got a really just rough and tumble quality to him. He's always played kind of these really. Um, uh bastards of a character he uh he's likable but he's kind of uh just he's got that crazy glint in his eye and i think seeing him as ben would be really fun because again ben uh, at this point is transformed he's um he's the thing now and so we're not going to see ben foster we're going to see this big rock guy and so ben foster i think would still have that ability to emote through that and uh it's all in the eyes i think that he would be someone who grew up to, you know, deal with this, uh, this life that he now lives as a, as a different creature. And he has accepted it. He, um, uses it to his best ability and he still has read back. He's still that guy who is in his corner and he's grown up a little bit. He now has uh, a rapport with Johnny. He and Johnny are just inseparable best friends. Um, and so uh, that's my that's my grown up four that pop out, you know, of the negative zone at the at the post credit scene of of this film. I like that. I, I really like all of the, those older depictions of the younger cast that you have. And and you know what I I thought about just now was very intrigued to see how different the characters are because, like you said, Johnny is in this negative zone for who knows how long. He's not going to be the Johnny Storm that we are going to be used to. Right. So. It, it's going to be very interesting to be getting a very different Johnny Storm than maybe we've ever ever even seen from the comics. Mm -hmm. And that I really like the idea of um, because we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll have these characters established who they are in, your, in this first movie in the 60s and then this time jump where they've grown and yet they're still, it's still, a, it's a different time period and they are different people. Johnny's going to be more mature, I would think, maybe to an extent. Yeah. Been Ben will have been dealing with, with really being maybe not around people or, or like society. So maybe he, this will still be something he's going to have to deal with once he does rejoin society is, is what he looks like. So maybe that won't go away, but I, I and then to see Sue and, and Reed, how already have already have that, that built-in chemistry. Whereas in the first movie, we're seeing them get together. Yeah. And then we jump to the second one where they are, they have been married and they've, they know each other through and through i i would love to see this it's kind of like a blend between uh ant-man and wasp where janet was stuck in time and then captain america where he was stuck in time and differently it, it, it's it's kind of like a, a mashup of the two right i really like that as far as your plot goes um that's really nifty having them in the 60s i 
I I'm a sucker for that kind of that era. The, the clothes they're going to wear. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> definitely like the the idea of that, man. Uh, I I really like it. Thank you. Um, thank you. So, uh, anything else we wanted to uh, to talk about with uh, with our cast and our our movies? Well, let's just uh, is, we've thrown a lot of names around. Let's just quickly recap kind of our full cast now that we have our, our full established cast. You go ahead and, and lead us off. Sounds great. Uh, my my movie, the titled Fantastic Four, directed by Brad Bird of The Incredibles fame, is going to be action packed with a lot of emotion and warmth filled in with it. Um, that's his kind of thing. Uh, and then we have Reed Richards, uh, as Adam driver, uh, Adam driver's great as a uh, Kylo Ren. And he's going to be great for this. Sue storm's going to be Constance Wu of a uh, crazy rich Asians fame. Johnny storm. I have play, uh, being played by Decory or Decory Montgomery mm-hmm. from stranger things and power Rangers. I have Shia LaBeouf. Just do it, man. As <laughs> Ben Grimm, uh, who I, I I'm so excited. I, I, did, I came up with him uh, for this. And then uh, Victor Von Doom, the, the complicated villain, anti-hero man out to protect his, his homeland uh, is being played by Oscar Isaac. Mm. Uh, and then my wild card pick, the silver surfer, uh, the Herald of Galactus. I have Steven Yin, I believe is how you pronounce it mm-hmm. uh, from the walking dead fame. And that rounds out my cast of a movie that's going to be in space, full of of emotion and a lot of action and and you know maybe some some just a lot of cosmic powers being shown. Yeah. So, which is super exciting. And, um, I love that we've seen a little bit, kind of a sneak peek of the cosmic side of Marvel with um, you know the Guardians flicks. Um, but I I love that this is really full tilt, just diving into that because we haven't seen a, t- a whole lot of that in the MCU. So that's that's really exciting, man. Right. And well, with this movie, like I, I didn't really say, but like I mean, we're, we're getting Silver Surfer is the antagonist of this movie. Yeah, he's the one causing all the destruction. So we get to see him face the the fantastic four we get to see him destroy this this world and and use his powers pretty much almost full tilt maybe not fully but a lot of it and we get to see that maybe he's on the same level as some of the stronger people we've seen thus far yeah i love it um and so uh for for my just a quick recap for my film fantastic four it's going to be directed by by peyton reed um who's uh has already established established himself as the director of ant-man ant-man and the wasp um that'll obviously help with uh with the ending of this film um uh for reed richards i have uh nicholas holt slash patrick wilson um for sue storm i have kat mcnamara slash alice eve um for johnny storm i have joe keery slash justin hartley um and then for for ben Grimm, i have uh george mckay slash ben foster uh as victor um kind of providing that foil that competitive foil for for reed uh i have nicolaj coster waldo um and then as my my wild card pick my my antagonist of this film the villain i have namor the submariner um played by by max greenfield who i can i can assure you will be back for more um is someone i want to see stick around for sure going into phase four of the the mcu 
I love that. And I didn't really talk much about Namor, your your pick, other than it being Max, but having Namor as the villain, I, I love. And I'm very intrigued. Like you said, they face him in the 60s and he's probably still going to be around uh, in the current day. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back into the fold and why. And uh, But also I'm very intrigued. How, what uh, I guess Victor is going to be in... Uh, lengthening his life with his his magic and, and sorcery. Right, exactly. Uh, he, you know, v- very similar to, you know, the way you had him kind of part ways with, with, uh, um, with, she- I'm sorry, with Sword. Um, uh, he's, you know, he loses his, his friends, but we see kind of at the end, he's not necessarily happy about this, but he's ready to kind of move into, a position of power. You know, he always had that competition with Reed and though he worked alongside him fighting Namor, as soon as the threat was uh, finished, he, you know, he said, peace out. <laughs> he left uh, his own way. And he, we see that he returns to earth and he begins to establish himself as, you know, as Dr. Doom. He um, is already on that path toward becoming just a, an absolute like powerhouse in, in the MCU. Hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how how the, they would come up with where what he's been doing during all of this and why he's maybe he's just been kind of, you know, t- in his own little corner taking care of things and it's just not kind of coincided. Right. So it'd be fun to see how he does. Maybe once Reed uh, is back on the scene, he's just just flummox. He's just a whoa, <laughs> just and he has to has to see what's up with that. Um I really like both of these casts a lot. Yeah. I, I really like the direction you went and how it'll, it'll evolve from movie one to movie two. And and then I, I it seems like both of our sequels will be, uh, of course, maybe you will have your, the, your cast in uh, a bit of Ant-Man three, but maybe uh, the sequel of our fantastic fours will both have a uh, Dr. Doom as the and main antagonist yes. from the looks. Absolutely. <laughs> And I, I definitely think if that doesn't happen, definitely down the road for three. Uh, but what we're saying is he will be in the MCU version somehow in some form. Uh, and he's going to be a big power player. So I, I really like who we casted. I hope he one of those two ends up as uh, Dr. Doom in the real movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, I also, as my second choice for Doom, I wanted to mention this was... Uh, as as opposed to all my other second choices, I was like, I guess I'll pick these people just in case. Mm. Thankfully, we didn't have to use them. Yeah. But my other second choice for Doom, I would have been okay with choosing, and that was Rami Malek. Oh, I love that. That's a really great call. Right. And I mean, I think he's also due for an MCU run at some point. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I think one of those three actors has to get casted as Doctor Doom. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I don't think uh, there's anything else to go over other than I, I think uh, we need to let the people decide. Yeah. Uh, so if, if y'all want to let us know who you think has a better cast in a plot direction, uh, send us an email and some feedback over at planetfantasypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, still working on getting some, some other stuff together for social media. Uh, just keep on watching us. Let the, the views build. And uh, the better, the more we get watched, the more, the better we're going to be able to uh, do. That's right. All right, Kyle. Uh, it was great uh, doing this with you. 
Uh, we haven't figured out our next episode, uh, so we can't tease you with anything, but we promise it's going to be a good one. Absolutely. Can't wait. All right, Kyle. All right, man. Until next time. Catch you later. Bye. See you, everybody.